So I'm Jaylan. Uh, grew up in Turkey, uh, in Istanbul. Moved to the States for college. I went to UC Berkeley. There, I actually studied psychology and minored in human rights and theater. And I always like to base uh, what I'm trying to get out of my career out of what I studied in Berkeley because it kind of sounds like an all over the place major minor situation. But at the same time, it's a really good reflection of what I want to build in life. And psychology, I feel, is a great way to understand how society functions and really track on the human level of things, whether that's going to be in business, whether that's going to be in media. Uh, I find it gave me a really nice lens of looking into uh, different operations. Uh, theater, I always loved being on stage. I loved having a voice, a microphone, and an audience. And I felt like I could reciprocate that through different positions that I held, whether that was like more customer-facing, human-facing, whether that was being on camera for social media projects. And then human rights, I think I shared this thing along with a lot of my fellow Gen Zers that I really want to be a part of organizations that deliver some sort of positive impact at a wider scale. And I felt so with human rights, I really could connect what I would my learning and policy and psychology to something that could be turning into a positive impact in the societal level. So that's that was my ed educational background. I started working with startups during college because in Berkeley, it was frowned upon if you weren't in some shape or form working with startups, whether you were an intern or working part time. It's so close to the valley. So everybody is like working with startups in some shape or form. So I started working with an accelerator actually uh, in my sophomore year. And once I got dived in, I couldn't get out of it. I started, uh, it was, it just became a constant in my life. I've been working with startups for the past five years, uh, mostly in content, marketing, community building, social media, those kind of operations. And that's essentially what kind of got me into the world of AI. Uh, I was working out of an incubator in Turkey with several startups there. And before Sunset AI, the startup that I co-founded uh, was being formed out of that community. And so they brought me on to lead the marketing and media operations. And it, I'll t tell a little bit more about Before Sunset and what we're doing there in a bit, but that's how I got pulled into the AI world as well. It was an amazing challenge because it was all the hype when it started, when we started building Before Sunset's platform. It gave me a really good way of researching into this new industry that was so foreign to me. It was a very unique ecosystem to create content for and a unique audience to be talking towards. So it's it was it's been an exciting time 100%. Simultaneously I was working at a media company and I was also leading their web3 content. So it kind of worked hand in hand. Uh but right now currently full force focused on before sunset uh and that's me. Awesome. Very cool background. Could you tell us a little bit of about the project before Sunset AI. You know, Ryan and I have looked into it. Very cool. Obviously, we're intrigued by it. Uh, could you just maybe describe what is before Sunset AI? What's the vision behind it? 100%. Um, so when it was first being built out, uh, there was a common problem that was being experienced by a lot of startup employees in the incubator. Uh, and that was the fact that startup employees, people in the entrepreneurship community have to work proactively. That's a huge challenge because we're very, as human beings, we're very, very focused on corporate structures and setting structures for our work lives. Corporate structures helped us because it defined boundaries for our work days. It was like a nine to five structure. We had 
set hierarchies and our managers dictated what our work day or work week was going to look like. So there wasn't a lot of gaps to fill in proactively. That does not apply at all to the startup world. And so a lot of people were having difficulties in navigating that proactive work life. That only enhanced after uh, COVID happened because of hybrid work structures, remote work structures. So what we were left with was a structureless work system where our end to the workday was never defined. Everybody was struggling just to find that sweet spot of when to start working, when to start working. There was a lot of platforms we were using. We were probably feeling very disconnected, losing focus all the time. So out of all those problems, we noticed that the current tools were only accentuating the problem. Uh, we're, we're probably using a lot of task management tools, scheduling tools, different kind of uh, uh, communication tools like Slack or emailing. And we're feeling very overwhelmed in how we can use those to power up our productivity and our approach to work. So what Before Sunset is currently doing and aiming to do in the near future as well is we're building out the platform on two main principles. One is personalization because work life is very, very personal and what works for person A is not going to work for person B. The second pillar is AI. Uh, AI is really an amazing tool to help automate certain things that we are used to doing manually and it can help create structure within our work life in a way that works for us. So on the platform, when you onboard, you do a quick onboarding where we understand what your work-life preferences are, what your workday preferences are, and what kind of a role you occupy. Going forward, it's also going to be highly personalized in understanding what kind of a company you work for, what are your macro-level goals that you're trying to achieve going forward as a, a personal and, and, uh, and on, as a team. Once you, you do the onboarding, you onboard to the platform, you input your main focus areas for that day, run the AI, and the AI actually turns that into a more actionable to-do list. It allocates specific times for the task, does a prioritization, recommends subtasks, recommends recurring tasks that you were potentially working on before. With integrations, it's going to be able to pull from different apps that you're using and understand and do suggestions for different to-dos that you should be working on that day. And we have a team's future, so it's also going to be able to pull in from what's happening in the team space. And then once that to-do list looks good for us, we run the AI again and having synced with our calendar apps, it outputs a personalized daily schedule for you with allocated focus times for specific tasks, bundles up similar tasks together, uh, does a prioritization for you. And most importantly, makes sure you finish that work day at the time that you previously wanted to finish it. If it's five, if it's six, if it's 3 p.m. Uh, so what all of this does is it helps people navigate this tool uh, ecosystem and tool world and then pull in the information that's necessary to build a work day and work week that works for you, essentially. That's awesome. <laughs> I was listening to some podcasts a little while ago, and I think it was Timothy, someone on Timothy Ferris's uh, podcast, and he's like, you basically, when you're like, creating tasks, you have to create tasks and then say if you create four tasks a day, really, you, you're probably only going to get two done. Like you want to make it so you have a lot of space in between your tasks to give you a little break in between. Otherwise, you can get too overwhelmed with things. Um, so is that part of the AI, like to help perform, help people perform their best on how the AI schedule things, schedules things for you? Exactly. So it's built out on a couple of principles. First of all is if you time block for a specific task, it's going to maximize your percentage of actually going ahead and doing that task and completing that task. The second thing is, let's say I allocate a specific time limit for what ta whatever task I'm going to work on. 
if I allocate three hours, I'm going to finish that task in three hours. If I allocate one hour, I'm actually going to finish that task in one hour. So a lot of the time we're actually not necessarily allocating the right times for the task. And when we don't allocate time in the first place, we're going to kind of like get unfocused, maybe dive from task to task, and we're going to lose uh, the actual productive time in which we should actually be focusing on that task. And also, uh, if we're not really bundling up similar tasks together, if we're kind of managing, micromanaging and trying to multitask and do many things at the same time, that's also going to get in the way of the task completion rate. So it's based on a lot of different principles that's mainly psychological that really helps us use AI in a way that can help prioritize for us, help allocate times for us so that we actually get to the part where we focus on the task itself. Another big thing that you alluded to earlier is people, if you're working from home or working remotely somewhere, it's very hard to stop something like you're always working. Um, and it's very helpful to be able to stop and set a time limit for yourself, because if you don't, you get burnout really, really quickly. Um, and that sounds like that's uh, baked into your tool as well. Yes, exactly. That's something that I was personally experiencing a lot. I was working on multiple projects, multiple freelance gigs. And so essentially, however much time I want to dedicate to work in the workday, the better it is because these are proactive work structures, as I was alluding to before. When it's proactive in nature, if you don't set the limits, it's going to be however much time you invest in, it, it's going to be seemingly better for the project. But we have to always remember that we're human beings in the end of the day. And potentially, let's say a task is supposed to take four hours. If we dedicate six hours to that task, it's not necessarily going to get exponentially better the product that we'll end up producing. So actually setting those time limits will open up more room for us to start working on novel projects, for us to start like iterating on certain things and really get the groove. So it's very, very healthy to create these kind of boundaries for yourself. And how did you train your AI model like to for these tasks and what's the optimum ta like timing and all that stuff? Like how, how does it work under the hood? Like how did you train it to make it sure that um, if I give you a ton of tasks, it's going to make the most optimal task timeline for me the next day or for that current week? Well, our AI interface is based on the OpenAI model. So uh, a lot of the times the data is being pulled in through OpenAI. So it's basically... Think of it as if ChatGPT is um, creating the preliminary recommendation. Okay. But what's actually going to be changing the game is user data that we're currently collecting right now. So as I said, these journeys are highly, highly personal. While the framework is going to be built on the OpenAI interface, what really makes it customized and personalized for you is how you use the tool. So let's say in the past I've created this task and I finished in three hours when the AI originally recommended that I finish it in one hour. It's going to learn from that behavior and it's continuously going to optimize for you. What if you take, like say if you have a task that's scheduled for two hours, but there's like, you're working on it the next day and you're like, there's no way I can do this in two hours. Or you start working on it. You need another hour. Is that just, that's just part of the learning process of your tool. Like you'll say, oh, it actually took me three hours. And so next time it's going to learn about that and maybe schedule a little bit more time for that particular task. 
100%. And that's a very key component of the scheduling uh, aspect of the platform. It has to be dynamic. Uh, our days are constantly evolving, constantly changing. Maybe I'm focusing on a task, but I get an important call and the priority list needs to change. Maybe, as you said, I'm working out and there was a delay in the subway and I didn't end up getting back home at the time. It's gonna, these are little things that need to be learned through the process. So we're trying to currently push our users to spend as much time on the platform as possible so that we can continuously learn from their behavior and the platform optimizes as well. So I see that you guys have a, a lot of different features like the customizable tabs, the, the subtasks and stuff like that, uh, the badges you can earn, things like that. Can you tell us a little bit about these little nuanced features of the platform? 100%. Um, so as we were building out the platform, this is actually a good point to start talking about the other tools and platforms in the market as well. We noticed a lot of issues with the current tools, uh, and we talked to a lot of the previous users of similar platforms, etc. And what we noticed was a lot of people end up trying to use these platforms out of these common grievances, but don't necessarily find the solution within these platforms because of a couple of reasons. A lot of these platforms roll out new features on a daily, weekly, monthly, and there's a very steep learning curve with all of them. A lot of them integrate these features not tied to a a concrete solution like it's not necessarily going to help the user uh, get in the way of this problem but it's actually just in terms of like remain uh, maintaining a competitive edge across the different platforms so in the end of the day you really need to make the platform as as seamless uh, experience as possible uh, whether that's creating a minimalist design, whether that's creating a very straightforward process for user journeys, um, and whether that is optimizing your product roadmap so you don't have every single future, but have the necessary futures instead. And that's something that's really tied into the kind of futures we integrated into the platform. Uh, the badges is a little bit of a gamification. As I mentioned, it's important for us to have the user spend uh, time on the platform, use its functionalities, and to way to keep them, like pull them back into the platform and really assess their performance looking back at it. Uh, the badges really help with that. For example, if they uh, have really completed their tasks in the allocated times before they receive a badge for that, whether that is running the AI several times, whether that is coming into the platform every day, they can earn these little like uh, badges so that it's a joyful experience to come back to the platform. And because we uh, operate in Teams version as well, this is also a little competition that people can have within their teams so that they can use the platform collectively. Very cool. So you can see who has the most badges in the company and try to catch them or something like that. There could even be like the way I uh, dreamed about it was there's also a productivity score for every single person. So maybe in the end of the day, everybody like kind of creates like a, a runner up list and award the top productivity junkie of the company and they receive all the Christmas gifts for the end of the year. <laughs> That would be awesome. It would definitely keep me motivated. Sometimes I don't get what I want from Secret Santa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the white elephant gifts. You're like, what is this? I didn't, you know. It's always about stealing. You have to have the right number for a white elephant so that you can steal the other gifts. All right, there you go. That's the tip. That's the tip of the day, I guess. You take nothing else. Get the right number for the white elephant. You you mentioned like this, uh, like for businesses, for startups, this is really helpful. What about uh, for like just an individual? Could this be used for an individual as well? Or is it mostly focused on uh, companies? 
It's definitely something that we built keeping teams in mind, but I use it personally as well. I'm an interesting person and I noticed that a lot of people uh, actually do this as well. I thought I was alone in this. I have to have everything I'm going to do on my calendar, whether that's work related, whether that's personal life related, whether it's a workout class, whether going to the groceries. If I put it up there on my calendar, I'm going to do it. I hold myself accountable through this action. So I feel right now because a lot of us were working remotely or hybridly it's important to create distinctions between these tasks 100 but at the same time it does help us keep our personal life in order when we're like scheduling certain things so it's definitely something that can be used for personal life and if anything it can help with that separation between work and personal life because you're in the end of the day creating these kind of structures for your work day even if it's in the comfort of your own home you're uh, uh, scheduling focus time for certain things and then you're maybe scheduling a time for yourself where you're actually gonna go offline fully and meditate or do yoga for that one hour so it's I, it's definitely built for keeping in mind the professional scope and the team scope but it's definitely something that can be used for personal life as well yeah that's that's so funny i'm the same way i've got to schedule everything like no matter what it is like even if it's an off day i'm scheduling exactly what i'm going to be doing i'm going to schedule i'm going to watch this movie and then i'm going to I don't know. It's just the way I, it's the way some people, especially me, like deal with the anxiety, especially if they have like big assignments or they have a busy schedule. If you're not scheduled, that can run in your head and, and ultimately lead you to be unproductive and anxious. But like, at least for me, having a schedule and knowing what time things are going to be, that's really comforting. There's actually a very interesting balance when you are a person who needs to schedule certain things. And I do want to talk about that for a minute because it's a challenge yeah. that I had to overcome myself as well. Uh, I live in New York and New York is a very, very fast paced city. And so I am always uh, forgetting plans that I made two weeks prior. As you might know, when you're in New York, you need to schedule a dinner two weeks prior to get a reservation or to find a gap in your friend's calendar, whatever. So I, when I first moved here, I needed to schedule every single thing that I was doing, whether that was a dinner, whether that was a workout. And when you put things onto the calendar, it actually in the end, in the back of your mind feels like a task sometimes. And so it's important to distinguish among the things that you're scheduling. Um, it's really important to, for example, if you put up a dinner party with on your calendar, maybe don't necessarily schedule anything after that, or maybe don't put an end to it. Keep it like five hours so that in the back of your head, you're not thinking, oh, but what, am, what was I going to do after this? Or what am I doing in the morning? So that you can actually be present in the moment. So I would really highly recommend trying to create these kind of distinctions in your schedule when it's a professional thing or a personal thing, and then trying your best to stay in the moment. That is particularly why we created this future called focus mode, so that whether whether or not you're working a personal task or a professional task, you can really be all in on that one task rather than thinking about the next move. I did see the focus mode too. That is, I was going to ask about that. So very cool. I like that. I wanted to ask, what is what are some of the, are you able to track the use cases for this? And if so, are there any interesting use cases that you found or types of companies or teams that are more drawn to your product? It's actually a very interesting question because uh, when you first hear about it, this is something that everyone could essentially use. And yeah. so it has been important and pretty challenging for us to understand which industries or which kind of teams to tap into first that was going to yield the most returns. And so we wanted our users and signups to tell us that uh, we did two rounds of launches 
first for the individual launch in June, and then the teams launch in uh, near like recently in November. Both of those launches were really informative for us in terms of getting feedback and also understanding what kind of users were actually coming onto the platform. And interestingly, there were very interesting communities that we hadn't thought of in the past academic communities, students, teachers, um, HR groups. We were initially thinking of tapping into more startup communities and SMBs, but this, there, were, there were these different groups of people who actually found the product to be very, very beneficial. So it's hard to say this is the top like user base, uh, but it's definitely gonna be surprising, but more well-defined in the coming year as we onboard more teams onto it as well. And can you go over how the teams work to get uh, like a brief overview of that? Um, I guess my, one of my questions in my head is, can someone else on the team schedule someone else's time? So if they see, you know, Hunter's time is open and they need to schedule a meeting with him, can they automatically schedule that on his calendar um, or on his task sheet? Um, how does that work? That uh, the meeting time suggestion feature is something we're going to be rolling out by the end of the year. So that's something we're currently working on. Uh, but the team's feed is important for several reasons. So a lot of times when we're working, uh, um, unsynchronously with our teams. Some people might be offline, some people might be having a day off, some people might be working on a task and don't want to be bothered. So that's what we can see on the team suite on the right-hand side of the platform. Uh, with cool integrations like Spotify, we're gonna be able to see what kind of music they're listening to, or if they just want to kind of check in and say like, oh, I'm gonna be bringing my dog in tomorrow to work. That's where all the feed information comes from. And we get to see, oh, my teammate Hunter is working on this task and that's something I actually wanted to ask a question about. So it's about keeping tabs on what our teammates are working on. And then we can see their we can tap into their analytics page to understand what their work approach is. This part is going to be important for managers to really keep track on, oh, these, this tax is taking so long for all of these employees. Maybe I need to allocate another person to this project, et cetera. And going forward, this data is also going to be run by our AI. And so the AI is going to be able to give more actionable insights into what's happening with our team's performance as well. Awesome. And, and back to the just the general, the non-teams non version, does the AI schedule, like if I go on there and type in my whole day, and it, it makes me a task list for me for the next day. Does it fill in every single hour of the day for me? Like sleeping uh, this time, um, working out this time, is there ever any gaps or is it meant to always have something? It does have gaps, uh, but it's funny because the gaps are also um, distinguished as break times. And so what if that there is a gap, it's a given break time for you to actually go offline go for a walk, go for a coffee okay. run. Um, but of course, like it, it's dependent on how you want to customize it. If yeah. you want to finish the work day at five, it's going to create all the work tasks between, let's say nine to five. And then after that, it's going to schedule those personal times. It's going to have gaps after your work hours are finished. So that's all up to you for like, it's a basically empty canvas for your coloring book. And then they'll, I will also schedule personal times as well, though. Like if you want to do yoga or something like that. Yes, yes, that's something that you can definitely put in there as well. Gosh, Ryan, are you doing yoga now? Me, no. <laughs> Actually, I play therapy a lot. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but that's, uh, that's a big help. You're doing what? Red light therapy. Have you heard of that? Like, What's that? It's like this red light panel that you sit in front of, and it just has a lot of good healthy benefits. It sounds like some kind of scam or something like that, but... It's actually been, a, there's been a ton of like uh, scientific research done on it and things like that. It just helps with energy. It helps you sleep better. Um, Cause I live in Cleveland, Ohio and it's very, I mean, you're in New York too. So it's the same there. 
but during the winter it's very dreary you know no sun gets dark at 4 30 in the afternoon um so it sort of mimics the uh natural light that you're supposed to get from the sun during the day and it's just these mm -hmm. uh it's like a panel of red light that you sit in front of uh, but it's uh it's it makes me feel great so i do that like a half hour every day or 10 minutes wow. not, but yeah <laughs> I was going to be, I was ready to be impressed by that half hour sitting yeah, in front yeah. of the lights. No, that's too much. And that, well, I'll work out as well. My wife, because I go in the basement to do it. And I've got the twin boys that are six months old and a, a two-year-old daughter. And uh, she's like, man, you're, you're in the basement way too long. So I end up staying down there two hours, total working out and doing red light therapy and stuff too. So uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I need your task management to keep me on track a little bit. Maybe you can shorten that two hours to hour and 15 minutes or something you should try it out yeah yeah definitely I, I was wondering you mentioned like some of the next steps and developments like the you know the meeting collaboration and stuff like that what are some other steps that you're working on right now as you go towards the future the most important thing that we're currently working towards is the integrations that we're building out. So we're looking at, like I mentioned, the Spotify integration, but wider integrations like Gmail, uh, task management apps like Asana and Trello. So it's really going to be, we really want to build out the task suggestion engine to require as minimal manual effort as possible and have it automatically recommend specific tasks for your um, to-do list. And so these integrations are gonna be very, very critical for us as we continue to build out the platform going forward. Notion is also a big uh, one of the integrations we're working towards. Um, and then it's gonna be a lot of focus on building out the AI functionality so that we can continue to make user data build into that AI model and optimize and customize uh, the personal user journeys for that. And then another big thing that we're currently working on after the team's launch, uh, we, as I said, we're really trying to analyze the onboarding experience for teams so that we can see what they're using the platform for, what they're benefiting from. So that's going to build into how we approach teams and it's going to adapt our sales approach as well in the new year. So we're looking at a lot of differences in onboarding the teams. It's going to be a lot of team specific futures coming out probably as well. And finally, we're, it's, our marketing efforts have been very organic in scope uh, up until the end of the year. We're planning to continue in this way, but we're currently in an investment round and we're raising uh, funds. So we're going to be allocating a lot of those funds to kicking off our paid marketing and sales efforts as well. Awesome. You guys are on a great path here. Um, one thing that's very, I think it drives a lot of people away from doing task management is it takes a lot of time to put in the tasks themselves, right? So. You guys have, are integrating, you said Asana soon, and then um, do you have Trello as well? Yes, it's in the product roadmap. So you don't even have to really do anything because if you're doing, if you're scheduling those tasks in Trello or Asana already for work, at least your tool can just automatically pick that up, pull it, pull in the data and create a uh, schedule for you the next day. You don't even have to do anything um, in terms of scheduling these tasks for the day. It's going to do it all for you automatically. Is that correct? Yes, that's what we're building out towards because one of the problems with task management apps is, yes, it does help us visualize what the tasks are going to look like for us or allocate it across our team, but it doesn't necessarily help us get to the point where we finish them. And so, like we mentioned earlier, so this is why Before Sunset is going to be critical. Yes, we know what tasks we're going to be supposed to work on, but maybe we're not approaching the tasks from the right angles. And are they on our schedule? When are we actually going to end up finishing them? Uh, these are going to be some things that you can manage through before it's sunset yeah that's awesome i'll definitely cool. start using this because one of the 
I think a problem that I have and a lot of people have that we talked about a little bit earlier is you start a task and you, you get to the perfectionist mode, right? You're like, well, I got to just tweak this, tweak that. And then it takes you three times longer than it should have. And maybe it wasn't even that much better for spending that three, three, you know, three times longer on it than you should have taken. So just to have a solid timeline of say, it's going to be an hour. That's all we're going to spend on it is going to help a lot of people, including myself. I agree. So when did you guys launch as well? How long have you been around? Yes. So actually the initial tool that was built for a more internal use and in the incubator started working out last year. And then with the new version that we started building out, we launched in June. So uh, after that launch, we were it was massively successful. We launched on Product Hunt and we were the number one product of the day, the week and the month. Um, it led to us getting to about 20,000 signups, which was insane. Uh, got a lot of organic traction. And then we really wanted to position the most active users among that batch as a part of our power user community. So they've been really essential in like helping us get the feedback. Whenever we roll out new features, it helps us keep track on how users are responding to these features. And then it helped us prepare for the Teams launch, which happened in November. So a uh, relatively young tool, but it's uh, the community response has been really good. So we're really lucky to have that. As, as you've been working in the AI industry for a little bit now, what is your thoughts on the direction of AI more generally? You know, you see all these products released like Rock and Gemini and all these things. AI is taking over humanity, AI relationships, <laughs> all this stuff. What are your opinions on all this? I love talking about this because I researched it a lot. And initially, it did spark a feeling of distress and fear in me as well as it did in a lot of people. But what we have to remember, I feel, in the end of the day is unknown is scary for everybody. Um, this was the case for social media. When it started first rolling out, everybody was like, don't let your kids be on social media. Or if it was like, whether it was use, the use of iPads, don't let don't buy iPads for your kids. This is basically another new innovation that we need to understand how to use to our benefit, but we do it so in a mindful manner as well. So I do believe there needs to be regulation. I do believe there needs to be a mindful approach to how we use AI 100% in our industries, in the companies for users, um, which is what we're trying to do. We're trying to build a mindful AI tool. Um, but at the same time, we do need to be open to these innovations because they're here to make our lives easier. Uh, a key benefit that it's going to allow for, I feel, is a lot of people's jobs require mundane, repetitive tasks that don't necessarily need creativity, don't necessarily need a lot of human input. So I feel AI is going to be very great in getting rid of those tasks for you, automating those tasks for you, and opening up more room for the more creative tasks that require that kind of human touch, the more the tasks that require human connection or human interaction. So I personally believe it's going to be an exciting time for us, but definitely approaching it in a mindful way so that we can use it to, for our benefit to superpower our existing human characteristic is going to be key. A great sum up there. <laughs> we ask everybody that on the podcast. A lot of people have the same sort of outlook you do. Like we got to take advantage of the AI, use it to our advantage because we don't really have a choice. Um, you didn't say that, but a lot of people did. Um, and then there's also people that think that, you know, like uh, chirper.ai, they, they're like, well, only only uh, every every species only lasts for so long. And maybe the human species is going to be gone and we're going to have a new species <laughs> to go about, yeah, take over. So Robert Scoville has a, has a similar view, too. Wow, that's great. Uh, is, there, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience? Uh, obviously, before sunset AI, check it out for sure. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to share? 
No, plug. yeah, a quick, quick plug into our platform before sunset.ai. You can use it for your individual uh, or team's futures. Um, it's free to use. It has premium futures and the premium subscriptions, but you can definitely go ahead, go ahead and check it out right now. And then uh, be sure to subscribe to Ryan and I's free weekday newsletter. You get uh, three super cool new AI tools every day, as long with the three uh, top stories of the day and some fun community interactions. And then on Sunday, we have deep dive articles into cool developments and developers uh, like this one. So uh, just thank you so much for coming on today. Definitely gonna uh, use your tool more here. Uh, it's gonna help me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me.